Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast and happy 2024. I know that so many of us are coming off of a chaotic holiday season and are trying to just kind of get our life together early in January. And I also recognize that this can be a time of year that is really overwhelming for people because maybe we're feeling like our training and our nutrition and our overall like health has just kind of gone on the back burner the last month or so. And we're trying to like dial it in now in January. And I'm certainly part of that. I felt like I was in a solid maintenance mode um, through Thanksgiving and then travel in December. And just honestly, my mom's cookies and all of that just really threw me out of routine training and all of that stuff, plus just having kids around more. Um, And so it can be really tempting this time of year to be really susceptible to a lot of different health and fitness trends that we see. I feel like on every other social media post or podcast platform, there's something being pushed that now extends beyond a diet or a detox. Of course, diets and detoxes are always going to be things that are promoted, especially early um, in the year because people are feeling like shit, right? But another thing I'm seeing are supplemental health and fitness activities that are really being promoted um, without as much emphasis on the fundamentals of health and fitness. So for example, I feel like what we've seen is a big emphasis on things like sauna and cold plunge and get morning sunlight, um, you know, like kind of take this dosage of supplement, creatine, fish oil, magnesium, whatever it might be. And look, there are substantial health benefits to all of these things. I I do I do all of it, right? Like I'm also somebody who loves to sauna. I don't love the cold plunge, but um, I will do it because I understand that it is helpful. Um, I take the creatine. I take, like I do these things, right? But I feel like there's such an emphasis on optimal prescription of sauna, of cold plunge, of of like morning sunlight and all supplements and all of these different things that there's almost like this one upping of protocol for that. And there's a huge emphasis on this in the health and fitness industry right now. Um, the same way that we've seen a huge emphasis on different diets through the years on whole through on whole 30 or paleo or whatever, like, honestly, there's a million different diets on different detoxes and different detox regimens and things that you should do for 21 days or 75 days or whatever it might be. Like there has always been a big emphasis on things like that. But now I feel like we're seeing the same kind of trend in things that yes, are good for you. Again, sauna, cold plunge, morning sunlight, uh, honestly, whatever it might be, certain supplements. But what is happening is we are overlooking the importance of having consistent health and fitness 
effort. Because if we don't have the fundamentals dialed in, the supplemental activities aren't really going to move the dial. Will they be helpful? Absolutely. But I would love to see, and this is not sexy, but I would love to see an emphasis on getting like seven plus hours of sleep a night, which can be like really hard for people. Um, new moms, I know this is not the season of life for you. I promise you'll get it again. It's just not right now. So hang in there. So getting consistent sleep, really prioritizing your sleep habits, um, walking, just like honestly increasing your daily activity. And I think that we by default are told we'll walk 10,000 steps a day. For a lot of people that just is not practical, especially if you work from home or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Honestly, it can just be really hard to get in more steps. Now that I like exclusively work at home, my step count had gone down so much. So adjust your um, adjust your expectations again. It doesn't have to be 10,000 steps, especially in the winter. Maybe weather is a barrier for you. So could it be like five to 6,000 steps a day? Yeah, like that is good. And just having more awareness around your activity levels and general movement through the day that is not um, just exercise. I'd also like to see an emphasis on more hydration and electrolytes. So in general, just drinking your body weight or like at least half your body weight in ounces a day is really helpful. Having a gallon of water a day is really helpful. Like I, I try to drink a lot of water. And again, that can be really, really hard to do, especially in the winter time. I think we're just kind of less inclined to drink. Um, so adding something like lemon or element, I love that. Um, adding electrolytes to my water, especially when I'm training, especially jujitsu, because that's such a sweaty activity. So that can help um, with element. You also, you have like the sodium, magnesium, and potassium. So that really, really helps with digestion um, and just your overall function, how you feel from the inside out. And then I would love to see an emphasis on more lifting. And it doesn't have to be crazy heavy. I think that we've seen this pendulum swing from like, we should lift weights. So like, we'll lift heavy. And that's how you make progress and progressive overload. And yes, of course. And as a strength conditioning coach, I, I, yes. And heavy is relative. Lifting in general, even if it's not super heavy, even if you're not feeling like you're working at a high RPE every single time you train, the act of lifting, of being having your body loaded, loading your tissues, loading your joints, having your muscles go through this full range of motion, that is so beneficial. And it doesn't have to be a 300 pound deadlift in order to solicit that kind of response. Like we can still be challenged at 135 pounds, right? Like, cause this is our loads working against gravity, moving our body. Like we have to re kind of reassess what a healthy lifting regimen looks like for us. And during certain seasons, yes, make big pushes to gain strength, to, you know, improve hypertrophy, whatever it might be. But we don't have to have these really rigid prescriptions around lifting and what um, what lifting has to look like. And I think for a lot of us who have been in the lifting game for a long time, it can be hard to feel like we're not doing enough or we're not lifting heavy enough. Um, but you can still move the dial forward and keep a really healthy overall lifestyle fitness routine by just incorporating lifting in general. It doesn't always have to be really heavy or too fatigue or based off of a, a particular prescription of 75% of your one rep max or whatever. Like you can literally go through seasons where you're not basing your lifting off of something that is super rigid and super structured percentage wise. So those are a few things that I think we could really um, 
put a big health emphasis on in 2024. And from a nutrition perspective, I'm not going to pretend to be a nutrition expert. I don't dabble in that world too much. Um, but I was able to change my body composition a lot in 2023. And um, I was coming out of a season of I had moved from California to Idaho. I honestly, it was just kind of like a major transitional season of life where I had I had not really put it, um, an emphasis on my nutrition. I, I honestly needed to not be preoccupied by food. Um, and so I had gained more weight than um, I think I had even really realized. And I didn't really like how I looked and didn't really like how I felt. And that doesn't have to be toxic. And I say this as somebody who's kind of had like every body image experience. And I just knew that going into last year, I really wanted to dial things in again, but do it in a way that was actually like sustainable, that I could maintain, that wasn't dramatic, that wasn't triggering, and that I just could feel like really confident about as I wanted to compete or honestly, just like how I wanted to feel and show up in my body um, as a really well-rounded athlete, not just for jujitsu competition's sake. So I made a really gradual um, weight cut through 2023. Um, I got to like my lowest in September when I competed at Masters Worlds and was able to pretty much maintain a few pounds above that for the last few months of so September through November and then December definitely fluctuated upwards. And now I know, I know exactly what I need to do in order to kind of get to a homeostasis that feels a little bit better to me so I can move um, in a way that I prefer on the mat and also um, in the gym with my lifting or my running, um, but also like look the way I want to look. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think we've seen such a big pendulum swing throughout the years of, you know, kind of shaming people who have these aesthetic goals or even preferences for what their body can look like. And, you know, you can be healthy at a variety of body shapes and sizes. I know for me where I feel best and what it takes to do that. And is this something I'm going, you know, did I achieve a fairly significant weight loss um, like goal through dramatic measures? You know, honestly, the only thing I really did different was I started tracking my macros to get an accurate idea of what, how much I was consuming from each food group. So how much protein was I actually consuming? How many carbs was I actually consuming? How much fat was I actually consuming? And then looking at the ratios of those things in relation to my body and what my goals were and how what I needed energetically, what I needed digestively speaking. Um, and I realized through that process of like being my own guinea pig, working with Christy, a lot of you, you know, she's been on the podcast quite a few times. Um, she's on Instagram, Fit LV fitness and nutrition. I hope I didn't mess that up. Um, but Christy Vaccaro, she was a coach that I worked with. And one thing I realized was it's not so much like for me, it was the ratio of fat, carbs, and protein that I really needed to dial in. And then just having a lot more awareness around what I thought I was consuming versus what I actually was. And a lot of ways I was really under eating certain food groups. Like for me, I was like under eating fat a lot. And like we need fat hormonally for our digestion. Um, performance, all of those things. And I thought I was eating enough. I thought I was fine. I'm like, oh, well, I eat eggs, I eat avocado, I do these things. Like I thought to me that that was enough. And honestly, it just, it wasn't. And so it wasn't until I started tracking macros and had like more food awareness that I felt 
my body improve, my my and my performance improve. So I realized that that was a this is a significant missing link in the nutrition realm. I think a lot of people just want to cut a food group or really limit calories and things like that. But when you start looking at the ratios of the foods that you're consuming, um, it really helps you have a lot more education and body awareness so that you can move into intuitive eating. Like I wasn't tracking from basically th- this past fall, like uh, September, October, November, I, I kind of took a, a back step from tracking macros, but I, I had a flexible idea in my brain of what what I was consuming and what made me feel good or if I was feeling blah, what I needed to add in. So you do just get a lot more awareness um, with the portions, with the understanding of how to structure your meals um, to feel like that ratio is dialed in. That's something I would really recommend doing. And it can be so easy to just, well, just like supplement with fish oil. I will just um, have a protein shake. Again, both of those things are fine. Um, But I think that we are really susceptible in our nutrition to take dramatic measures to go on a specific diet, to cut out something or to really limit calories. When really, I think the thing that would move the dial forward for most people with the best results and actually be sustainable would be to get an idea of what you're actually consuming, count some macros, then get an idea of uh, improved ratio for those things, for your body, for your goals, and then practice staying consistent with that and see how you feel, see what your digestion is like, see how you feel in the gym. How are you lifting? How are you running? How are you, how do you feel when you compete? Things like that can really make a big difference. We don't have to detox. We don't have to diet. We don't have to have all of these kind of extreme approaches to our fitness or to our nutrition. You, know, you don't have to sign up for a race in order to like kick your ass back into gear. Is that something that like is helpful? Yes. And that doesn't have to be the number one thing that we do in order to kick off the new year. And I say that as somebody who is going to be <laughs> competing in jujitsu a little bit this year, um, I do have something on the horizon and it is helpful depending on what season of life you're in to have that kind of goal to work towards. But if you are, you know, a new mom or, you know, you are pregnant or you're just honestly in a season of coming off of an injury or sickness or a major life event, you got to know like when and how and why you're prioritizing certain aspects of like health and fitness. There's going to be some seasons where you're in just total maintenance mode or honestly, even just like survival mode. And then there's other seasons like where I've been able to kind of tap into this last year and this year where like I can prioritize different aspects of health and fitness because my time looks different now. My my capacity looks a little bit different now. My kids are in a different season of life. And, you know, this is something that I can mentally, emotionally, and physically shift my focus into, but it wasn't always like that. So I think it's also taking a hard look at what season of life you're in and then being able to make like practical, realistic changes to, you know, your health and fitness routine. And that doesn't have to be extreme because when you are in like a vulnerable season, it can be really, really tempting to be like, you know, I'm just going to like, I'm going to do 75 hard, or I'm going to like sign up for this competition and kick my ass back into shape or really get back into it. Or I'm going to do this detox and I'm going to cut out this. I'm going to cut out that because then I'm going to start to feel better. Then I'm going to improve my digestion. Then I'm going to do all these things. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't really work long term. And does your season of life support that kind of extreme behavior? Like, honestly, probably not for most people. And that's why we see such a rebound after these efforts. So just 
do like a self check-in where you figure out like what is going to help me the most right now for the season that I'm in. Um, and then you can slowly add in pieces over time. So while, you know, a sauna is great, having some kind of sauna routine is great. That can't take priority over just basic exercise and health and nutrition habits. And that goes for any other modality that we see, you know, being promoted or, you know, certain prescriptions for, which I think when you are in the health and fitness space, we consume so much of this information about what's going to be best, what's optimal, what's healthiest. And in this quest for like optimal living, we are forgetting the fundamentals, or maybe we're not prioritizing the fundamentals as much because we're so hyper-focused on these supplemental activities. So again, acknowledge the season of life that you're in. What do you actually have capacity for? And are you doing these fundamentals? You can even just pick a couple of the fundamentals I mentioned from sleep to lifting to improved um, activity levels and walking, whatever it might be to maybe tracking your nutrition, getting some awareness around that without it having to be like, you know, a really rigid system. Check in with those things. Are we doing those things? Are we doing those things consistently? What have those things told us about where our body and brain and life is at at this point in time? Okay, now we can add in some more supplemental activities and, you know, and see these health benefits. There's a lot that can be done, but I think our levels of self-awareness have to improve as our season of life as an athlete, as a parent, honestly, just as like a grown ass adult continues because life continually changes and you know, our health and fitness should not add stress to our life. It should complement our life. It should improve our life. And is that always easy? Absolutely not. Um, but it shouldn't be something that doesn't feel maintainable. And that's why doing certain things like these detoxes or like really rigid, like health and fitness routines, like that's not sustainable for, you know, the majority of us who have a lot of other like life responsibilities. So in 2024, I hope you're able to dial in some of your goals and base it on what season of life you're in right now. What can you do now that's going to move the dial forward the most? Again, if I were looking back on myself at different seasons of life, and honestly, still the things that I'm prioritizing the most right now, looking at my nutrition again, a lot more, um, a lot more in depth, making sure my movement and my activity level improves because it kind of got like more sedentary during December, the colder the weather got. So just like little efforts of more movement through the day, um, lifting. Honestly, if you can just lift two to three times a week, that alone and keep doing that, that's going to move the dial forward so much. You don't have to be in the gym five or six days a week lifting in order to, to see progress. You just, you really, really don't. And then focusing on your hydration that can be good too, especially during these colder winter months. There's just a lot of value that we can place on doing the fundamentals and then add in your sauna, your cold plunge, your morning sunlight, um, your supplements, actual supplements. Add those things as you have created habits around the fundamentals. That will really make a big difference in kickstarting your 2024 in ways that will have sustainable results and honor like your mindset, because honestly, it can be really discouraging to do a detox or to do an extreme diet or to you know, really push yourself hard for competition. And like you go hard for a very like kind of short period of time. And then after that, you like run out of steam and you're like, okay, well, like now what? 
and maybe you gain a little bit of weight back, or maybe your training just like you go into a training funk. Like it can be hard to ride those waves, especially if you're already in a vulnerable season of life. Those waves become way easier to ride when you know you're in a season of life that actually supports that. That's where I'm at again with the, the age my kids are at, with the kind of job that I have. Like I can ride those waves a lot better now. But the state of my mental health, like honestly, that's that's huge. Like the state of my mental health now, where I can absorb more of these waves without it having to honestly derail me like it has in other points in my life. So knowing yourself, really having improved levels of self-awareness and having a health and fitness routine that supports you, not just in the short term, but long-term, that is what will be the best way to approach your health and fitness in 2024. I am here for you. I know that I know that it's confusing out there. I know the health and fitness industry has been really overwhelming as a consumer and honestly as a creator too to navigate the mess that's out there with all the different extremes but come back to the fundamentals I will help dial those in however I can and whatever messaging that I'm sharing either on my page at Brianna Battle or at Brianna.battles on Instagram um, or the brand page if you are a pregnant postpartum athlete or you work with them we have really specific information over there and that's at pregnant.postpartum.athlete um, we have really specific resources and information on that page to help dial in some of the messaging that you need for the season of life that you're in. And, you know, just really trying to uphold the integrity of this industry amongst all of the extremes, even the extremes that um, are disguised as healthy. And I get that that's really, it can be confusing to navigate and I'm here for you. I can't wait to see what 2024 has for all of us. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.